For decades, the picture of financial planning looked like this. Work hard and save your money. And eventually, you'll be able to afford a house and a comfortable retirement. But for many young Canadians, that picture is starting to look very different. Back in the day, yeah, you could get a house and everything, but you could put that same amount of work in, like right now, and you would not be able to get a house. You might be able to pay for some apartment months and some food, and that's about it. With all that hard work, it's you don't really see much for it these days. Welcome to The Great Disconnect, a podcast series from the Manitoba Financial Services Agency. This season, we'll talk about the financial obstacles facing young Canadians, and we'll dig into some of the ways they can take back control. I'm Ainsley Cunningham, Manager of Education and Communications with the Manitoba Financial Services Agency. In this podcast, we're exploring the factors shaping young people's financial future, from the cost of housing to the management of debt. And in this episode, whatever happened to that promise of a comfortable retirement? Um, My mom is currently retired. Um, She does still work part-time, I think, just to, you know, kind of have something to do and that kind of thing. But um, she, I don't think my... I will, I'll be as comfortable as, as she is. Uh, she was really good about saving and, you know, like she paid off her house and, um, yeah, I'm not sure if my, if my future w- it will look the, the same, I think, especially given like the rising costs and uh, how much I'm paying for rent and just the struggle to even save money when the cost of living is, is so high. Yeah. So I'd, We'll see how things go, but uh, I'm not, I don't feel super optimistic, but I mean, things might change in the future. For young people at the start of their working lives, retirement is decades away. And with more immediate expenses on the rise, saving for retirement can fall to the bottom of the financial to-do list. So, are young Canadians saving for retirement? Definitely not. Definitely not. Um, my first priority is to pay back my loan, which I have accumulated because I'm doing my degree. And when once I pay back my loan, I'll start thinking about my retirement plans. Not at this moment. Well, um, about retirement, I remember when I had the option to apply for a pension while I started working here. And... When that happened, I remember I consulted my dad first, and that made me think how valuable retirement is for older people, I would say, because nowadays I'm starting to think, huh, like this pension is taking more money than I would have assumed. And then I also think I could be investing this money if I knew earlier how to do all my investments through cryptocurrency or any other ways or mutual funds it would have been totally different so at the moment yes it is a saving would i change my mind probably um i think like the one that our employer encourages us to pay towards pension is kind of my first step for retirement and i also try to like save um, as little as possible so usually in stock market because it's not like it's long term, so I can definitely afford to make it a stock market then. So that's how I plan to save for them. Whether they're saving for it or not, for most young Canadians, funding retirement is their own responsibility. 
Less than 40% of earners under 35 have a registered pension plan through their employer. Financial planner Carolyn Lucet says that makes thinking about retirement important, even when it's far into the future. I work with clients of all ages, um, and I think one theme uh, I see consistently um, between different generations um, is really the lack of a uh, pension plan. So whether that's, you know, through the government or through a corporation, um, but uh, traditionally uh, with previous generations, we saw a lot of pension plans done by uh, someone's employer, um, whether that was a matching plan or a plan that the, the employer did. Um, but what we're tending to see now um, is that that's just not happening as much. Um, I think it could be a combination of um, uh, companies just aren't offering those. Um, they can be costly and, and tough to manage. Uh, and then a combination of, I think we're seeing a lot of young people um, becoming self-employed, contract working. Um, so therefore, they, they uh, don't have an employer to set those up for them. So that means then um, that the individual really needs to take that on themselves. Um, we, of course, in Canada are fortunate to have, um, you know, Canada Pension Plan and Old Age Security. Um, but that really would just create a base level for most people in retirement for their income needs. And so then the, the gap there really does need to be filled by uh, investment planning. A Google search will serve up plenty of general rules about retirement. These include ideas such as, you need a million dollars, or you should save 25 times your current income. But Lucier says a retirement plan should consider personal priorities. I think it's really fun to retirement plan, and that's usually how I like to start because when you think about it, um, and retirement means so many different things for different people. You know, retire traditionally was uh, the sense of truly coming completely out of the workforce, and we're not seeing that as much anymore. I'm seeing a lot of people sort of choosing to switch careers, do something maybe they're more passionate about part-time. So I really encourage people to dream. You know, what does your retirement look like? Um, what would you like to be doing? Um, and advisor, a mentor of mine that I worked with for many years said, you know, every day is a Saturday. So um, to keep that in mind too, you know, are you going out for dinner a lot? And it's hard to say when you're planning so far in advance. Um, but to think of those dream. Um, and then we can always scale back if we need to, but I'd rather have people sort of um, um, lay out what their dreams and hopes are about travel and whatnot. And so that's the fun part I encourage people to do. Um, and then we actually use a financial planning software system and there's so many out there, um, but it allows you to input all that data, all your goals and assumptions, you know, inflation and savings and what your if you have a pension, what does that look like? Really what I like to call the pieces of the puzzle. Um, and then it really shoots out that analysis of, you know, are you saving enough? Yes or no, really? Um, if no, what are some of our options? Can you save more? Do you maybe need to um, look at different growth opportunities in the investment world? Do you need to plan to retire a little bit later, a little bit less income? You know, there's only so many things you can control. And again, that's why time is, is so valuable, is the longer time you have to do that, um, the, the I want to say easier it would be, but um, the easier it is to change some of those things versus someone who's you know, wanting to retire in a few years and, uh-oh, no, you can't, and that's crushing, right? To, if you have a plan in your mind of when you'd like to retire, to be told, I don't think that's going to be reasonable. That's the, you know, nobody wants to give that news and nobody wants to hear that news. The greatest asset young people have to guard against this outcome is time. With decades to save, there's a greater chance of building a sustainable retirement. But many young people are also saddled with growing amounts of student debt or significant housing costs, which can delay retirement savings. 
Lucier says it's a tricky balance. I think, you know, even coming out of the, the student debt, there's, you know, there's mortgage debt. There's, there always seems to be debt. And that's one of the top questions we get um, when people have uh, money to invest, whether it's a lump sum or monthly that they're ready to do. You know, the question is always, should I pay down debt or should I invest it? Uh, invest it? And it's, um, it's, it's not always a clear yes or no answer. It often can depend on what interest rates are at the time. You know, if interest rates are low, it could make sense to, um, to hold off on paying down the debt more aggressively. It also comes down to the psychological aspect of it. And I often come across those that, you know, the whole, I just can't sleep at night. I've got this debt on my back. And that's a really important thing to understand when meeting with a client um, is that psychological or emotional aspect of investing, um, if you will, um, to really what's important to them. Because, you know, the numbers, you can sort of add up the numbers, you can throw facts at them. But if at the end of the day, it's really, you can tell eating someone up, you, you do want to maybe focus on debt repayment, but it's all a balance. Because you can, you know, you can focus on repaying your debt and and not investing at all. And so, yes, your debts may be repaid faster, um, but then you don't have time on your side when it comes to investing. And time is so crucial. Um, it allows for compound, compounding um, interest rates uh, to, to have your money grow, you know, year over year. And you need the time to do that. So, again, you know, I do see those who have focused on repaying debt, again, student debt or mortgages, which is fantastic. But then they're maybe coming to me later in life uh, ready to get started on the investment and they've really lost a valuable chunk of time. We'll come back to debt in the next episode. But for now, it's important to know that as crucial as individual retirement savings are, they're not the only support Canadians have access to in retirement. I, I feel like I'll definitely be somewhat reliant on like CBP, OAS, and in addition to with my, you know, pension or RSPs, like I don't, that additional income I think would make a, a, like a big difference. I definitely hope that they'll still be around. So will those supports be around by the time young people are ready to retire? We'll start out about talking about the Canada Pension Plan. This is Jeffrey Hodgson. Managing Director of Global Stakeholder Affairs for the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board, which is also known as CPP Investments. So you go back in our history, earliest 20th century would have had a situation where, you know, uh, if you reached, were lucky enough to reach old age, there was no system in place to sort of support you. You had to count on family members or hope that you saved for yourself. Um, eventually, uh, old age pension, where, where old age security was introduced, uh, which has subsequently been su- uh, supplemented by the guaranteed uh, income uh, guaranteed income supplement. So those were the early sort of pieces of, of the retirement puzzle. But around the 1960s, uh, you know, policymakers in Canada said, well, we, we think this is good, but actually there, we still need to do some work. And I think, I believe around that time, there was some statistic that approximately something, something like if you were a senior, you were twice as likely to live in poverty as a working age person. Now that's been flipped. Uh, I believe it's the last time I sort of saw indications around this. It's that if you were a senior, you're, you're half as likely to live in poverty as the average working Canadian. And that's partly due to the systems and frameworks that have been put in place uh, to help support that. Now, one of those is the Canada Pension Plan. Today, if you look at your paycheck, you'll see a deduction for the Canada Pension Plan. Starting at age 60 until age 69, you can apply for benefits in proportion to what you paid in. But not that long ago, 
the CPP was in trouble. So the reason that we exist is that uh, it actually goes back to the 1990s. So when the CPP was set up in the mid-1960s, it was largely, there was contributions put into a fund, uh, largely invested in provincial bonds, uh, but it was largely a pay-go system. And that just means that, uh, you know, you take from existing workers and you give to retirees. And that can work very well if the demographic's on your side. So when this was initiated in the 1960s, there was something like six and a half workers for every retiree. Uh, very easy to sort of fund benefits that way. But as you moved into the 1990s, demographics began to shift. People are having less children. People are living longer. Um, now, every three years, the Canada Pension Plan is checked out by something called the Office of the Chief Actuary in Ottawa. It, it's to see if uh, is it sustainable, provide a report so that the 10 governments that oversee the Canada Pension Plan understand where, the, where they sit. Uh, in the mid-1990s, uh, the Office of the Chief Actuary gave those governments some very bad news. And the bad news was that by 2015, the CPP fund was going to be depleted unless some sort of action was taken. So governments at that point got together, um, and these are these are 10 different governments, different political parties, but they agreed on a solution. Um, and one of the things that they did was to set up the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board, or CPP Investments, the organization I work for, to manage that money. And that resulted in... Um, us, us being able to generate uh, higher returns than you would receive if they were the money was invested purely in government bonds. So in the last 10 years, for example, we've delivered a return of more than 10% annualized. Uh, the fund is been, continues to be checked out by the Office of the Chief Actuary every three years, and the most recent checkup said CPP is sustainable at current rates for the next 75 years. But Hodgson says even as the CPP Investment Board has turned the fate of the CPP around, that message has failed to get through. Uh, so coming out of the 1990s, a lot of people, and this was true, the headlines were coming out reporting that Canada Pension Plan was at risk of going, uh, you know, running out of funds in 2015. Uh, some people still have those perceptions. You know, you see these frightening headlines and they can they can linger with you for a long time. We have done some polling and seen some polling which suggests that uh, the majority of Canadians either don't know or don't believe CPP is going to, uh, don't know if it's going to be there for them or don't believe it's going to be there for them. Uh, and that's just uh, based on the independent review. That is just not factually correct. This matters not simply because it's inaccurate. Hodgson says young people who understand the role of the CPP are better placed to plan for retirement. Um, the reason we bring this up, though, and we want young people to know about this, is they need young people should have a strong understanding of where they sit, uh, what you know their retirement picture is going to look like. Now, uh, people also need to understand, and we've talked about this. Canada Pension Plan was never meant to be uh, the end all and be all of your retirement. It was at, under the current. Uh, there was an expansion in the last few years. Uh, currently, the Canada Pension Plan is meant to match about a third of the average industrial wage. So, for somebody contributing maximum amount over the next 40 years, that would work out to something like $20,000 in today's dollars of purchasing power. So $20,000, it, when, when people hear that, they, they're very pleased. That's great news. Uh, however, that's not necessarily as much as one is going to have to, to uh, you know, save and retire, you know, live comfortably in retirement. So again, we want to put the message out there that CPP is, is deemed to be, by independent review, sustainable for the next 75 years. And it's one piece of a wider sort of retirement plan. But I think for young people, just knowing that they have this base to work off of can get them thinking about, okay, well, what do I want for myself? And what, what action should I be taking now in order to sort of uh, to, to make that happen? Retirement planning can be intimidating. 
but part of the solution is in gathering information. The other part is not being afraid to take that first small step. I've had interest in this from a very young age, and it was partly because when I was young, people sort of pulled me aside and and said, you know, this is something while you're very young now, you want to start thinking about. And I had some good advice about situations like the so-called pay-yourself-first system, in which, you know, you can... Uh, in terms of budgeting, uh, it's, it's sort of this, this age-old principle. If you, you know, take the 10% off of your paycheck as low as that paycheck is and deploy that into savings in some manner, um, that can have, particularly if you do it when you're young, uh, a really powerful compounding effect. It also means that you aren't tempted to spend that 10% uh, on the things that we all want uh, and desire um, or in some cases need. Uh, but, but again, um, oftentimes making that pay, taking your pay yourself route, um, you know, I speaking just personally, again, having somebody sort of say to me when I was younger, you should consider this little trick, this little tool, this little, what, they didn't use the term life hack back then, but uh, but it was an important one. So I think for young people, the, the really important thing is that they understand, you know, Retirement may not be something that's top of mind now, but it is something if you're you're fortunate uh, and statistically likely to be doing at some point. And just you know, sort of uh, even modest sort of uh, you know choices right now can have really positive long-term um, impacts later on. That's it for this episode of the Great Disconnect. Thanks for listening. Next time on the podcast, we'll hear about how young people are navigating obligations in their family and in society at large amid financial turbulence. It's a very serious matter in Canada. Um, Our uh, debt, private debt in this case, is um, very high. And so one of the great dangers in raising interest rates is the possibility of mass bankruptcy. Housing debt is a major issue, but it's not just housing debt. It's also uh, interest rates, uh, interest payments on uh, credit cards, etc. That's next time on The Great Disconnect.